even if you get on Spotify's pollen playlist, like you're not, it's not going to be the, like, that's not your career. Now you're good to go. You're like part of an ecosystem and you want to be part of a healthy ecosystem and you want your music to be spread in all of its different corners. What's up, guys? My name is Lou, and thank you so much for coming through to listen to the podcast. Uh, for, those that, for those that don't know me, I'm an editor and A&R over at StereoFox. And throughout my time at StereoFox, I've been writing a number of articles, and there was one that, uh, that, that really meant a lot to me. And it came about in quite an interesting fashion. I was out with one of my musician friends, and we went back to my place, and... He got really, really heated up about something as he was quite tipsy slash drunk. So we get into a little bit of a friendly argument. And from what I remember, this is how it went. <sighs> this is what he said to me. Lou, shut up. <laughs> That's how it started. <laughs> Us, we don't care about music blogs anymore. We just care about TikTok and streams. And we don't really get yeah, He just went on a rant about how music blogs don't matter. After that, I really thought about if music blogs are relevant in 2021, and I decided to dive into it, into a full-blown article with some uh, full-blown research as well. The article is called, Should Artists Care About Music Blogs? Explaining Their Relevance in 2021. We're about to discuss that. Uh, when I say we, I mean I'm not alone. I am joined by Dylan Hennick from Subbinhub and Indie Shuffle. What's up, Dylan? What's up, Lou? How you doing? Having quite a good morning. Thank you so much for coming through, man. Yeah. Quick question. When you and your friend had this argument, <laughs> how, how after he, how do you start a conversation with shut up? <laughs> <laughs> I've been stewing on that for a bit. No, no, no. The conversation wasn't started with shut up. It was, it was building there. Yeah. And then I said something. And then the, the part that I remember was, shut up, Lou. And then I'm like, oh, now, we, now we're getting a bit more serious. <laughs> and you snapped into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm a little bit over-exaggerating the story. He wasn't that angry. Uh, but there was emotion behind, behind what he was saying. Um, thank you, Siba, if you're listening to this. But yeah, let's get into, into Dylan's background real quick. Yeah. Dylan, do you, do you know what comes up when someone searches, searches your name on, on Google? Currently? Currently, currently, yeah, I have a, <laughs> I have a vague idea. <laughs> twenty twenty was a weird one. Um, probably my appearance on the reality TV show South Africa's The Bachelorette, or my indie shuffle profile, maybe. That's who. That's the one. That's definitely okay. that. That's also something that comes. Your Twitter's the first one, actually. Then the Bachelorette. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. See, for, for those that uh, are unaware, Any Shuffle is uh, definitely among the most prominent music blogs in the world right now. They started off in 2009 at the very height of the, um, of the blog era. Mm-hmm. And after, after, after some time, after they, they had like a, a mad reputation, they started something called Submit Hub, which is a separate entity, I should, I should add. And <laughs> um, am I? Am yeah. I mean, I've had to come up with about a million elevator pitches. I, I would say to somebody, if somebody asks, what is SubmitHub, what do you do? Mm-hmm. SubmitHub is a platform for musicians or labels or publicists 
who are looking for, well, anything that can give them their song traction, and that is with different types of curators or influencers. Mm-hmm. So they use our website, uh, our platform, to make contact with these these people who can provide them with publicity opportunities. Amazing. And yeah, so now we expanded from blogs, which was originally, it was originally started because Jason had started Indie Shuffle and people were emailing him to try and get their song on Indie Shuffle. Jason put in a gargantuan effort and he, it was his brainchild and he like learned how to code over years and years and years and years. And it was, yeah, it, it was an amazing transition from something that, I don't know, it, like, like barren for opportunities. It's just, the, the, when I say barren for opportunities, what I mean is 2008 to when uh, Submitha began was almost like, how many years? I don't know. You're already eight years on. So the, the, the life cycle of blogs in terms of just music publicity was already sort of declining. declining. Yeah. To, to use one thing to skip into the next, I think, is just a really valuable lesson. Kind of like pivoting. Yeah. Mm. I think it's a very cool thing. You, you, don't, don't, start, you don't start doing something to, because you want to get some v- like venture capital funding for that shit. You know, do something because you're passionate about it. And things come along the way if you're clever enough to pivot. Yeah. I was going to mention, how did, the, uh, how did the music blog landscape look like when you, when you started in, in Indie Shuffle and Submit Hub? Like years before I joined Indie Shuffle, 2005-ish, 2004-2005, I start getting into like Dubfire and like, I don't know, the the what what all the Swedish house mafia were before they became EDM superstars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know this guy Dead Mouse comes onto the scene, and it's like all of this music, Chris Lake, all these things, super cool. And yeah, I guess you just start finding music, and it's like, ooh, this is this is nice. It's nice to like have the power to choose the song that you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And then you find that gem and you want to listen to that one over and over again. It feels like you've got a, you know, there's a special connection. Like you've, you've done the work to find something yes. that really supports you yes. or really yeah. fills you up. And you can, you can carry that around with you everywhere knowing that you found that song. Uh, and, and you had to do a bit of work to do it. True. You know, I, I was finding music and eventually just going on... 2000, 2005 Beatport isn't enough because the Beatport was around back then. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, that's how you found a lot of really cool releases, which was, which was great. And then, wow, this is starting to make me feel fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Beatport, the internet existed. You know, people didn't, people didn't have phones. Um, so then it was like a turn to blogs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you, you'd have to like, You'd have to find blogs that used to have zippy share links Dude, and you could download yeah. free, like you could steal people's music. And I mean, I was too young to know or care. So anyway, so blogs and the, the landscape was, there were a lot of random WordPress blogs 
there were lots of ways that you could download entire albums. So you use all of these different blogs, you keep them saved, you go back, you check semi-regularly, and these guys are finding music from wherever. And they're probably a lot older than I am because I'm, you know, like 15, 16, 17. And then they're probably, you know, just coming out of the era where people are playing CDs and CDJs at the club or vinyl even, definitely vinyl. Long story short, you're, you're navigating all of these different blogs and it's great because lots of people are excited to share music that they've found and that's great. And then you have a whole bunch of, and there's like this nice web of um, people connected, you know, the, the music could come in here at this blog that's like the biggest of them go mm-hmm. to like 10 other ones and then down and it, f- it finds its way. You so know, that's pretty much how it looked like back and that was like around yeah. 2009? I mean, that was before, before then for me. Okay. But, then, but then as we start getting towards 2008, 2009, the WordPress blogs are looking a bit different. Um, there's, it's not so good to have zippy share links on because that's illegal. And a, a lot of major labels are actually looking at the blogs. We'll definitely get into that. We'll definitely get into yeah, that. Yeah, the major labels are looking at these blogs because, you know, if you get on enough of the big ones, it can, it can turn you into arcade fire, you know, eventually. Or, or any, any of these big indie artists like that we know of. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so, th- so, then you, so then you've got more and more established blogs. It's the idea of this is how you find your music becomes uh, it, this is this is how you do it. So it becomes a more global idea for how to find music. If you think about it now, you don't have you don't have to you don't really have to pay anything anymore, and you get every single album that's ever existed. Dude, convenience, man. And it's there's no you, you don't have to invest any time into, and so it's it's totally become commoditized. Like, you go, like, music is just something else. Is it just a service that people provide for you? You don't have to think about it. Like, I, 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 uh, I, like I, don't, I need music. It's part of my, I need, like, coffee. Uh. I, need, I need something. It's like, cool, this thing does that music thing for me. Amazing. And so there's so little care in it, and you can get away with such garbage. <laughs> that like makes enough people who don't care enough about it happy enough with it. I like the fact that you bring up garbage because the, the trend in 20, 2019 to 2020 was a whole bunch of albums that had 25 tracks, um, 30 tracks, 40 tracks, all for the sake of streaming numbers. But then it's just like putting them on there because they know people are just going to select uh, select the, uh, the tracks they like and just put them in a playlist anyway mm. versus during CDs where you'd have 12 tracks yeah. and people will still get charged yeah. for t- technically still get charged for the tracks they didn't even like and they're just gonna go back to the CD and only listen to like 5 out of the out of the 13 or 14 yeah I have a somewhat dire and somewhat hopeful view of music going forward because there is so much stuff out there that it's not that there isn't amazing things to be found. It's just almost next to impossible. 
and that's where blo- and that's impossible. and that's and, but that's where blogs come in, which is the amazing point. It's kind of the point that Indie Shuffle makes on their about section when they say we believe that humans are a lot better at music discovery than robots are. It yeah, pretty pretty much ties into that point. I also wanted to find out, um, in your opinion, what what role do music blogs play in the in the industry? There's there's a lot of. I think that this question goes. Actually, let me rather ask: okay. What role did they play? There are definitely people who know more about this than I do. For instance, Jason has been a blogger for a lot longer. Mm. He was just older. He was more entrenched in it. Anyway, so there are people who know a lot more than I do. I think if you go back to the very first blog, I don't think that that person thought, hey, I'm trying to be an industry leader here <laughs> and I want my blog to like have the power to you know, thrust music onto the listener. It was, just, it was just a music blog and people were just sharing what they enjoyed. It was a community, which is great. It's, there's still a community. So you see how there's the beginning and the end and they're still the same. And how important the community is, is, is that changes over time or how big the community is or how you so so there's a lot of important parts of blogging that existed and still exist so i think that's a huge a huge part of blogging i've noticed it now uh through submit hub mm-hmm. you actually started it at a great time like 2009 mm. is it was an amazing time for for music blogs yeah. and something else that happened in 2009 that i do want to touch on is chill wave came into the scene and don't love brad chill wave is amazing um <laughs> but yeah chill wave came into the scene and chill wave is essentially a music genre that uh, that a genre of music that uh, came into being because of the internet um hashtag childish combina and, <laughs> and but I don't want to just say because of the internet, but also primarily because of music blogs. Um, there was a blog called Hipster Runoff, and mm-hmm. there's a blog called Hipster Runoff. They were they pretty much gave it the name Chillwave, especially because there were a lot of artists that were making that kind of music. There was your Tori Moi, there was your Washed mm. Out Neon Indian, mm, mm. and a whole bunch of blogs were were, were blogging about this sort of uh, wave of music. And I feel as if because of the blogs, that's the the genre came to be. If it wasn't for the blogs, yeah. if it wasn't for the people documenting the story of this whole scene going on, it probably wouldn't, it would have been <laughs> washed out. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah, it p- probably would have been washed out. And I find it quite crazy how music blogs have the potential to start a genre. Oh. And I think I want to touch on Vaporwave as well, because when Vaporwave came across, that was also because of the, of the internet and a whole movement going, on, going mm. on around it. Earlier on, we were talking about Gorilla versus, versus Bear, right? Mm-hmm. Part of the reason I bring that up, uh, I brought that up, was because I saw this tweet. Um, well, actually, it wasn't a tweet. I was on Gorilla versus Bear's website. And music blogs were, were very essential for certain hip-hop artists to, for, for, their, for their come up. Tyler the Creator being one of them, and and Mac Miller being. I one think of I them. actually found Tyler the Creator on Gorilla vs. Bear for the fr- Yonkers. I think that was. Dude, I think it was on. So this is probably full circle that you're. It's funny, but yeah. And yeah, he was Tyler was mentioning that he was stoked to be featured on Gorilla vs. Bear, 
but to also kind of give a flip, there are some artists that kind of at the time when when blogs were at the height of their height of their powers. Uh, if certain artists weren't featured on, on, on blogs, they'd also be like, uh, yo, like some artists would tweet or kind of uh, lament that, yo, I've been working so hard, blah, 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 blah. How come I'm not getting all this attention from music blogs? So there was that whole thing of uh, esteem that the blogs had and artists wanted to get on, not just because of how it affects their streams, but also what it says about you as an artist to be on a particular blog. Mm. Like what I mentioned, how Tyler, the creator, was so happy to be featured on a, on a blog such as Gorilla vs. Bear. That says something about... Uh, about the the blog, we were talking about the role of, of music blogs uh, and in the in the fact that they're able to capture a narrative of an artist and bridge the gap between telling the story and also conveying it to yeah. to, to to the audience. I think that's a big role that they still do play. Definitely. I remember something that, that that happened before the release of Good Kid, Mad City. <clears throat> so this is what happened, right? Kendrick is 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 prepping for. For, for the release of his esteemed album, Good Kid, Mad City. And then a week or two before the album drops, or I think it was a couple of days before the album drops, surprise, surprise, this is like, I don't know, which, I don't know when Good, Good Kid, Mad City came out, but surprise, surprise, it gets leaked. And so some people, are, like it gets, it gets leaked all over like those ZIP files and stuff like that. And Kendrick releases a song called The Heart Part Three. Uh, and the hard part three kind of details. I can't remember exactly what, what what it details, but the last the last sentence or the last line that he mentions is, "So are you gonna get are you, are you gonna let hip hop die on X Y date?" And so he was basically referring to uh, the people that are not gonna get the album and just go leak it. And what happened was after he released the hard part part three, and he well, this was just a release on SoundCloud. He just put it up randomly, and like blogs flocked to it. Artists, um, like uh, fans, flocked to the song "The Heart Part 3. and when it came out, all of these different blogs started sharing, uh, sharing "The Heart Part 3. and that really uh, propelled people to not only uh, not only buy the album, but if they did leak it, they would go buy it anyway. And I feel as if that's very important to capture what happened in that moment in time when when the when when the album got leaked, and how blogs were there to spread the word of "Yo, guys, Kendrick is dropping an amazing album." Like you can't just go steal it or or, or whatever. And another situation uh, that that um, that punctuates how blogs are able to tell and capture stories very well of a particular artist is Chief Keef. I know I'm <laughs> naming a lot of hip hop artists, but when Chief Keef came out, it was a crazy sight. Um, especially with this, especially with the song um, I don't like. Um, so in a nutshell. Uh, Chief Keef is an artist from Chicago, and he has a song called "I Don't Like." And on YouTube, it's like it, it was blowing up at the time. Part of the reason why the song was blowing up is because this guy was in a house. He was in, first of all he was under house arrest. Secondly, he was like 16, 17. Thirdly, this music video has a whole bunch of kids playing with guns, and. That's part of the reason why it blew up. It, it, uh, the music video was basically portraying what, what is going on in, in, in Chicago, and the music blogs were basically like proliferating the word of what's going on in Chicago through the music of Chief Keef. And I don't think I don't think his story I don't think he would have been as popular if it wasn't for people knowing his story. Mm. And I think that's a, a, like a, the music blogs play an incredible role in capturing 
an artist's narrative and getting it to to people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you, well, I'm sure you have, but when somebody comes up to you and says, maybe you're playing a song or maybe somebody else is playing a song and they're like, oh, I love this song. You know, it's by XYZ. It's, I don't know if you've ever like sat on a wealth of knowledge about that artist and had that happen because that is like, that is like double ply toilet paper to me. That is, <laughs> that is, that is like, that is extraordinary. When you, when it, when it's just like you're listening to this amazing song by this amazing artist, added bonus, somebody else or other people are really enjoying it. And then you also know all about Aretha Franklin's life. We've had so many stories of somebody who randomly got put on Indie Shuffle or randomly put on Stereo Fox or whatever, whatever, whatever. And they come back to us and they're like, someone from Netflix who reads that blog reached out to me. Crazy. I've made a ton of money off of the song that was, you know, then used on, on the show in Netflix. That sounds like Diamond Thug. You literally... It wasn't even Diamond Thug. That's the thing. It's, it's you, you are throwing out as many stones as you can. Mm-hmm. I still haven't worked on this ripple in the water analogy, but you are essentially throwing until maybe it sp- spills over one leaf. That's kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> You're throwing out a bunch of stones, the ripples, the ripples, they go out. Like a lot of those ripples are going to hit nothing and then maybe they'll just die out. And so I guess like that's sort of where blogs can come in. It's like there's stories to tell. There's people who do read them. It's a shame that like more people don't or that there isn't that there's like less and less of a culture around that Mm -hmm. because people are getting that need met somewhere else like i love music but like are you interested in it Mm, wow you know that's an amazing question oh my gosh so that's deep dude yeah anyway that that's sort of my like open-ended ramble I don't know. I hope it answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that you, you ended off at a at a good point there, because it's like a great segue into the next part of the of the conversation. So, in your opinion, um, how did how did the blog the blogosphere of music kind of start to decline? Like, how did it look Google. like? <laughs> and YouTube. Ooh. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. Um. Well, this is Jason's idea. I read the post. I read Did the, you? About I, I read it, yeah. Just a full, just a full, uh, just a full what post I'm talking about. And um, Jason, the founder of Indie Shuffle and Submit Hub, made, uh, wrote an article, I think, in between 2014 and 2016 about why, maybe even 2018, about mm. what happened to music blogs. And in there, um, yeah, he talks about Google and YouTube. Yeah. Uh, care to elaborate? So... His idea is, which makes a lot of sense, because Jason worked at Google, so SEO was something that he dealt with a lot. He he knew more intimately than a lot of his blogger friends. I mean, eventually, I I think that's very harsh to say. I'm sure there were a lot of bloggers who you needed to be good at SEO, uh, or you needed to have dynamite content or whatever, but it became, as I explained earlier, when I'm, when I'm searching for musicians who sound like other musicians, or I'm looking for a backstory about this or that musician, or any sort of content regarding something that I've connected with, and I go look it up on Google, 
first thing that pops up takes up half the page. Dude. Is a YouTube video. Or, you know, the, the like, uh, all these Google-made, uh, v- like, very specific widgets that give you... With what, ads and everything. And then once you... I mean, if you think about everything as a numbers game, which I, I, I tend to maybe overdo, but if you think that you stick a 1,000 people to look at that screen and then you you go... Like, you just whittle down those numbers as they become more and more clicks for them to do, you, you, your drop-off rate of people who end up on your blog, just bec- it's naturally like it becomes less and less. So I think a lot of people ended up, oh, there's a song, YouTube. Okay. Um, and so, I, yeah, I guess if YouTube is the first thing that you're, a lot of people are going to, I think that eventually these blo- blogs aren't competing in SEO that much anymore. There's a whole bunch of stuff in the way. Before um, they even get to the blog. Before they even get into the blog. And then people aren't even so that way inclined anymore. So, yeah, I, I think... I also I also just want to, like, n- not be a total sourpuss. <laughs> um, that's a, that's a, has a different meaning in America. I know that... Uh, <laughs> sour, sourpuss, is, sourpuss is one word, and it's like... I think it's got to do with cats. I don't know. What I want to say is I do think that everything just changes. So whether now is right or wrong, I can't really say. People, there, there, there's some cool TikTok blogs where people promote music. That's cool. Yeah, and, and that's a new way of doing it's it. Part so of, it's part of the evolution, I think. Stuff changes. People mm-hmm. change. People's taste in music change. Like TikTok's way better for promoting the popular music of now than... You know, you're not going to fit a long format like, you know, Leonard Skinner's song on TikTok, you know, but you'll, you'll like help people who are interested in the music of the times find it in a, in a different way. So I don't like, I think that these things can work together as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, and yeah, something I wanted to add to what you were mentioning about Google is... So around 2010, there was something called the music blogger side. And that's pretty much when Google started to enforce their copyright laws. And there were like a number of blogs that were being taken down and shut down because they were infringing on, on, on copyright laws. And uh, I remember when you mentioned that there were a lot of MP3s that were being shared, a lot of uh, zip being shared and like labels were looking at stuff like that. And I think that's part of the reason, I think that kind of signaled the decline um, in that point. But then I think right after that, there were a lot more blogs that were starting to do things a, mo- a lot more on the, legal, on the legal side of things. However, the numbers of, uh, well, the, the popularity and the power that music blogs held over the industry still continued to kind of dwindle, particularly when social media uh, started to arise. In your opinion, what, would you, like, what role did you think social media played in the, the, and in the, in the diminishing of, of the popularity of music blogs? Well, there's a few reasons, I think. Uh-huh. Um, one, people's attention, very much, very much taken up by that, by w- what's happening on their social media. We only have so much attention to give things in our lives, especially looking at screens on the internet, yada, yada. Um, two, I think everybody became a blogger. So it's like, oh, this person's also talking and they're what, talking about music. Oh, Christ, like, you know, 
shut up. I've got so much on my Facebook feed already. <laughs> um, and then the last one. Oh, so these social media platforms, A, they're a lot more addictive than a music blog is. Um, but also with any like major corporation these days or any massive platform, they're, they're always trying to do, like if you look at, I guess Facebook's probably the best example. And I guess this isn't totally true of everything. Let's use Facebook specifically as the mm -hmm. example. They have tried to be everything for everyone, but they, they, it's like moved to take up everything. People then started using it to follow their favorite artists. I remember like in 2013, um, I was like the one of the only people in my friend group that was into music blogs. Everyone was pretty much all of my mates were, and the younglings were finding music through, what's that thing called again? Tumblr, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finding music through, through, through Tumblr and Instagram and stuff like that. And mm. when I was talking about music blogs, it, I just kind of came across as like the, the weird one because what was in vogue back then was definitely uh, being caught up in the hype train of Insta because that was kind of a new thing back then and like Tumblr and stuff like that. And what I also found interesting is like around the time um, the blog era declined, the SoundCloud era began to rise. Mm. Well, what do you think is the, like, what do you think about that, that whole, like that whole shift? It was almost like the, the baton is being passed on sub, like, uh, like subconsciously to some mm. extent. Mm. I'm a, I was a huge SoundCloud fan and, yeah, I still, and I still am. I think that sort of in line with this blooming of social media uh, and, and descent of blogs is that the artists themselves had a platform now where they could put up music mm -hmm. that was maybe not released, it's unofficial or just bare bone ideas. And you could throw that all up there and then people could come find you on there. So it is a social media to some Actually, extent. Actually, and the fact that people can communicate and like start a whole community around, uh -huh. around an artist. I remember in, in, on SoundCloud, Triple um, X. Mm. Tentacion. Yeah, yeah. He sent a voice note on his SoundCloud. Mm. And I was like, you can, you could do that? Because <laughs> I thought it was only a music platform. But he sent a voice note on SoundCloud no. to kind of just say a message to, to his fans. And I was, I was like, whoa. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It just broke, broke my brain <laughs> when I yeah. saw it for the first time. Yeah. And let's get into, into how streaming services, because that's pretty much in my mind. Some people like to say streaming services killed the music blog, but I think it was the final blow because there were a number of steps before. It was diminishing anyway. And mm -hmm. then when the streaming services came, in, came into effect, um, that pretty much was the final blow. Like, it's, it's done, dude. Um, in, your, in, your, in your opinion, how did, how, in which ways did streaming uh, affect music blogs? Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think that uh, music blogs were sort of in there decline. I hope that there will be a renaissance at some stage or some sort of rebirth because my, my general take is that people's tastes in music aren't getting better, aren't getting better, <laughs> aren't getting better. That, I mean, that's, that's really, that's really hard to say. People's tastes are becoming more diverse and, yeah, and also 100%. less diverse. So it, it's like the people who are kind of in the middle are like, it, I guess it's happening with everything. There's a huge polarization. I think that if you're going to SoundCloud, I mean, Spotify, 
and you're relying heavily on their algorithmic playlists, you are not only being fed music from majors who have struck deals with Spotify to to make like they they're just working on different cuts for how they're splitting costs and payments of things. But I think that if you're just jumping into these algorithmic playlists, a lot of those are actually fueled by blogs. So they definitely Spotify has an aggregator that um, uh, will like troll blogs sort of like hype hype machine does hype machines uh uh, they have a hype machine uses a list of blogs and then tallies how many of the blogs that they follow uh how many song or how many times that song is on other blogs that they follow and then it puts it on a chart so spotify does a similar thing where they're looking at a a select few blogs and a few many probably um, and then that's sort of what gives their algorithm a little bit more of an idea of, of who are the most talked about artists of, of yeah of then who to show to people but it's not I, I think that given the amount of music that's on Spotify it's not a it doesn't make a huge huge difference something Jason brought up um, in the article that he wrote was if you are paying for streaming services so, uh, for streaming actually yeah if you're paying for streaming services if you have Apple and Spotify, or even just one, there's a good chance that you're gonna centralize your centralize your music discovery patterns around the service instead of yeah. uh, like going to blogs and stuff like that. And I'm not gonna lie, that's something something happened like that a little bit to me mm. when I when I started using I, I started on Google Google Music that that's what it was called Google mm-hmm. Music first yeah yeah and, I actually had some of that too and then. Yeah, that's when I saw that I was mainly relying on this on this thing mm-hmm. uh, to find my music, mm-hmm. and yeah, that was a really good point that he that that he that he brought up. Um, something else I want to move into is I rem- I remember when I got into Tame Impala around the time they they uh, they released Lonerism. Mm-hmm. It was a massive album, but it wasn't like mainstream massive, and there were so many blogs that were talking about. Um, uh, there's an article. There's a particularly, actually, a particular article that I that I wrote, like uh, like the psych rock supremacy war on the internet, because at the time psych rock was massive, and I feel as if music blogs also give people like the opportunity to get lost in a movement, because psych rock with the with the flaming lips, and of course Tame Impala, and fuck, that's, that's like all the other bands I can think of right now. <laughs> um, yeah, like being involved in that was was something a lot more kind of like what you what you was what you're talking about when it came to sitting on a wealth of knowledge about other particular artists or mm. a particular moment in time. Mm. Um, where do you where, in which way do music blogs play a role in 2021 for artists? So I guess I'm gonna just harken back on that point I made about pebbles. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, okay, so. I, and I don't think it's true with, well, I guess I'm looking at it specifically from the artist's perspective because getting featured on a blog or getting in one playlist, even if you get on Spotify's pollen playlist, like you're not, it's not going to be the, like, that's not your career. Now you're good to go. You're like part of an ecosystem and you want to be part of a healthy ecosystem and you want your music to be spread 
in all of its different corners. Mm. Um, so you're, you're not, you know, it's part of every, should be a part of every artist's um, marketing approach. So I'm, this is why I'm saying I'm looking at it from like an artist's perspective because mm. I've sort of given up on how do you convert people to be, being music bloggers. We just got to hang around until eventually people get sick of the music that they're listening to or they want something different or whatever. I think that from industry's point of view, being featured in music blogs is in pretty much, should be in, a, in most uh, marketing campaigns. I think a lot of artists feel that, but they don't know why. It's like, oh yeah, like you have to be in blogs. I'm speaking now with the manager of an artist who recently used SubmitHub or has been using SubmitHub for a while and his music totally blew up by using our influencer side. Wow. Yeah, and was, a pra- was approached, approached, approached by one of the big, largest fashion retailers in the UK called Pretty Little Thing. They, yeah, we've got some people here who've heard of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're, they're Zara's biggest competitor. Wow, as, as a, okay. As a South African context there. Um, and they then approached, because they saw the song blowing up, they're like, cool, and they approached this artist, and now they're, they, yeah, they're working on a campaign together, and this, and this, and this, and it's like, it's really just from one thing to the next. And I think that, Blogs bring about opportunities for artists and no, you know, it just takes one person and one of these things. There, there are ways to use blogs as part of your marketing approach um, cleverly. Like there are people who read them. You're also receiving a written blog post. It's stuff to share with your, with your fans is one yeah. thing that we're noticing. It's, it's um, material for your content curation cycle. Um, and, and also you're connecting with that blogger and also if somebody searches it and also they put in their playlist and they share with their friends and you get, you know, then other artists also see you. So it's sort of like this weird, you know, if there's pollen in the air, yeah. you don't really see it, but Jesus, am I still rolling around in bed with the post-nasal drip because it somehow got on me, you know? Like that is that is the state of it. You're not, there's no way to cover the world with all of your pollen unless you have tons of money <laughs> or you're huge and then you already you know then you have tons of money or whatever but the yeah it's definitely a useful way to market even if it's just in a small way for now but it adds up like it becomes more and more over time when you mentioned there are people that do read them um I kind of want to touch on two things there. Uh, this is, <laughs> I found this article kind of by chance um, on Accelerator, um, which is also quite a, quite a massive music blog. And it was an interview. And after I read this interview, I was so enamored with this person's music mm. uh, that, they were, that they were interviewing. And I didn't hear anything. I didn't see any visuals. It's just, uh, it's just what they were saying in the interview. And I was recommending this person's music to all my friends without even hearing anything. And this person's name was Igloo Ghost, some electronic mm-hmm. musician. Yeah, released on Brain Feeder. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 
it was mainly how he talked about his art that that related with people like me. He he's, he has this absurd personality. He has this kind of humor going on, and just the way he was answering questions, I was like, who the f is this guy? And I feel as if with the, with it, the the fact that blogs are able to convey artists' stories, I think that's the best way to for for audiences to cling onto an artist's narrative without hearing the music or without even seeing the visuals. If you're able to present your story in a way that's fascinating, that is a great way to, to have people to cling onto, onto the music instead of kind of just hoping to shoot for, uh, instead of hoping to, to have people only cling to your sound, having people cling to your, your, your story as an artist. Plus to add on to what you were talking about earlier on about the Spotify, how, how Spotify kind of combs through a whole bunch, like hype machine, mm. how Spotify kind of goes through a whole bunch of music blogs. That's, uh, I think, it's, it's, on their, it's mainly their fresh finds, actually. Mm. I think they, from what they say, uh, how fresh finds works, from, if I remember the quote well, they comb through the artists that are talked about through the most popular music blogs. And yeah, they basically feature among the popular artists that are talked about a lot. And I think that's, if artists care so much about Spotify, and if you check that part out, then it would make sense to also care about music blogs. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if, if it would equate to you being featured on one of their most popular playlists. Mm. Um, yeah, that's kind of... You know, you know, I guess final point here. Basically, blogs work as a way of sifting through a lot of crap. And then they go through... I mean, I guess it's a bad example because there's probably like five people in that genre. But if, if, if they're going through, sifting through everything, then what comes to the blog isn't just like a story about this person or about this thing that you're interested in, which I think that's sort of the issue is that not a lot of people are, that are seeing the benefit and in being interested in reading about musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, is then, cool, it's just the song, but they've sifted through a whole load of garbage which is becoming more and more important because there is more and more garbage yeah and i guess there's also a lot of really good stuff so they're even refining going through the really good stuff for stuff that specifically like is right for your tastes and that's why finding somebody who finding a few people that you trust for different reasons that's how like you know a community works together to, I don't know, pr- like bring bring forward the best that's around for everyone. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think that was the that was the final point, dude. Thank you so so much for coming through. Uh, well, I'm I'm here, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Cool. But, uh, the part where you mentioned about artists trying to use blogs in a way. I could work well in their marketing strategy really captured my attention. Mm. Uh, and yeah, thank you guys for listening. Cool. And yeah. Uh, Thanks for having next, me. Next podcast. Cheers. Peace.